Today's episode of Happy, Sad, Confused is sponsored by Howl.fm. It's like Netflix for podcasts. And the big news today, guys, is that the first 30 episodes of the great podcast, Super Ego, are now available on Howl Premium. Super Ego presents profiles in self-obsession that are improvised, analyzed, and delivered by Drs. Matt Gorley, Jeremy Carter, Mark McConville, and Paul F. Tompkins, a true murderer's row of comic talent guys. And not only that, Super Ego features guest appearances from truly great comedians minds like Patton Oswalt, Jason Sudeikis, Gillian Jacobs, John Hodgman, and Julie Klausner. It doesn't get any better than that. Plus, with How Premium, you get exclusive access to over 120 hours of new How original miniseries and audio documentaries like The Complete Woman, Finding the Funny with the Scar Brothers, and Fruit. Plus, more than 80 comedy albums are available right now on How Premium, plus all the archives from WTF with Mark Marin and Earwolf shows like Comedy Bang Bang and How Did This Get Made, and yes, Happy, Sad, Confused. Right now, you can get all the access you could ever desire to How Premium on your iPhone, your Android phone, and on the web for only $4.99 a month. Do it all right now by using the promo code HAPPY and you get a full month of free trial. To redeem your promo code, make sure you create your account on the web at howl.fm and enter the code HAPPY at checkout. Remember, here are the first 30 episodes of Super Ego along with dozens of original audio miniseries. Go to howl.fm. That's H-O-W-L dot F-M and use the promo code HAPPY. A one-month free trial is waiting for you right now. Check it out. Guys, welcome to Happy, Sad, Confused. That's my chair squeaking, not my stomach. I don't know. And that's Sammy, uh, <laughs> as always, uh, chit-chatting about the exciting podcast that is my weekly conversation with super talented filmmakers and actors, such as this week's guest, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mew herself. Well, I don't know if she goes by that. We didn't get into that. Yet. But she, uh, she goes by Mary, and she is the star of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Sorry, by the way, that this podcast goes up a little bit late this week. Scheduling difficulties, blah, blah. You don't care. It's okay. No, I've had thousands of people ask me what mm -hmm. happened yesterday. Well, uh, you... I did have two people ask me. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Were they family members? No, actually not. (laughs) (laughs) I had to think about it for a second. No. Um, Yes, but the bottom line is we got a great podcast in the can. We just uh, I just chatted with Mary Elizabeth Winstead about her starring role in J.J. Abrams' producing effort. J.J. (laughs) J.J. Directed by a great talented filmmaker by the name of Dan Trachtenberg. His first feature. It's a hell of a debut. It is um, Cloverfield related. We're not going to spoil anything in this podcast. Um, don't worry about spoilers, guys. Calm down. It's going to be okay. Um, but suffice it to say, this is a great thriller that has, yeah, maybe some relation to the Cloverfield universe. But whether it is a Cloverfield movie or not, it's a great movie. It really is. I'm a big fan of this one. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead is excellent in it, as she always is. You probably know her from Scott Pilgrim. I was going to say, Scott Pilgrim is Ramona the best. Flowers. She was wonderful in that. Uh, we talk a little bit about that. We talk about a, a little scene movie, but a, a real gem uh, called Smashed, which uh, earned her a lot of acclaim. It was at Sundance a few years ago. Um, she plays an alcoholic in it. It's one of her best performances. Um, and we, we talk about a lot of her, her, 
her, her filmography in this one. She's one of those actors that it struck me when I was kind of researching her and we talked about this in the conversation that she's kind of like Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. She's in that that vein where like she has been in studio films, always doing well, and she's done a lot of great indies. And it's like sometimes she's kind of like captured the public eye, sometimes she hasn't. And she's kind of like that one role away from like, you know, I mean, she could win an Oscar. I would not be surprised if, if, so, if yes, the right I role gets say, her an Oscar. Basically, she's going to win an Oscar next year is what you're... I'm not saying next year, but I wouldn't be surprised. She's really talented and um, Death Proof, we talk about. She was in that a Tarantino film. I thought you were saying she is. I was she's like, wow. She is invulnerable. That is incredible. Her, but I couldn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, so a very enjoyable conversation with her. I'm so glad she stopped by uh, to go check out the movie when it hits theaters this Friday. Um, otherwise... Big day. Movie award nominations oh, yeah. are out. The MTV Movie Award nominations are out, guys. Mm-hmm. Debuted on MTV's Snapchat Woo-hoo! channel uh, that Sammy works on um, and, and creates great content day after day. Um, and yeah, the Movie Award nominations are out. There are a lot of really... I, I'm, I'm pretty psyched. I, I, I agree mm-hmm. with a lot of the nominations. I think um, it, you know, it, it is a nice blend of kind of like critical acclaim critically acclaimed films but also you know popular films star wars a slew of nominations deadpool has a ton of nominations uh jurassic world jurassic world plus um yeah just like all the usual suspects are in there plus some surprises so check that out and speaking of snapchat we should say this is this is really the big news guys i'm on day two of snapchat of my snapchat joshua horowitz follow me is that the right yeah add, add me add me don't follow me. I'm not. I'm not a leader. Yeah, We're don't all in this fo- together. certainly don't follow you. Yeah. But no, add me. Add you, Joshua add me Horowitz. Snapchat. He's doing so good. You are. Thank you. Yours are very funny. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's it's a whole new world. It takes a little while, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it's been kind of fun to play around with. Do it. Be, follow him now because tomorrow. Add, me now. Don't add him me. now. I'm so sorry. It's add him now because tomorrow you go on an international adventure and we get to all follow along. Yeah. So I'm tomorrow. I don't know if I can say what. Set I'm visiting, so I won't say it. But um, I'm going. I'm going to. Paris. Can I say it or no? You can't. Say <laughs> oh, it. I didn't know if like <laughs> just you couldn't say it. I got it. Got it. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, hopefully, maybe next week I'll be able to talk about it. But I'm going uh, on set of a a filmmaker that I greatly admire um, doing a ginormous movie shot in Paris. If you really care enough, you can Google it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so that should be a fun little adventure. Yes. Yeah, so stay tuned for my um, my postmortem on my Paris adventure. You're gonna have macarons. Macaron? Are you going to have a baguette? I, I think it's safe to say I will have cheese, wine, and a crepe before I come back. All room service, though. You're not going to actually yeah, leave your hotel room for it. I'm just talking it. about what I'm getting tonight, delivery in my New York apartment. <laughs> yeah, at JFK tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Part of my, my weekly routine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be fun. So, yes, yeah, stay tuned for my misadventures in Paris. And um, I think that's about it. Anything else you have to say for yourself, Sammy? No, I'm really I'm excited about this. Which, this, just life just in general? Just like, I feel like it's good. We've, you know... It's a good day. <laughs> it's it's International good Women's Day. It's International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Happy Day International to you. Happy International Women's Day to you. Thank you. To my female listeners, you guys are awesome. Mm-hmm. Dudes are all right, too. Who's? I have a question for you. Oh, God. Who's your favorite female that you have on your podcast intros? <laughs> <laughs> well, waving in the corner is the silent um, participant Jenna, who is who we've referenced, but has said maybe six words. She in, doesn't exist. In ten different podcasts. Josh, there's no one sitting in the corner. No, Stop she just raised her hand. Can you scream something? Are you capable of screaming? Yes. Oh, 
More to come. We're gonna get her to speak Jetta's up more fire. next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys for tuning in. Enjoy this conversation with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winston, with star Mew, Mew, star of Ten Cloverfield Lane. Check it out this Friday, guys. It's a good one. Bye. <laughs> That's nice. You gotta get some duck comfy while you're in Paris. Oh, I will do that. I like, I like a good comfy. He made that up. She what made you, that up. What do you no, mean? You, it's a thing. She didn't make up. It's an actual dish. Is that the one where you strangle the duck to get no, it? That's you don't foie actually. Gras, which you should also get. I have had foie gras pretty good, but yeah, I feel a little guilty having it. I had a foie gras macaroon when I was in Paris. It's like foie gras in America. Jenna, you know you're on the podcast right now. Yeah, we're still in the intro. <laughs> it's so good. You should have a foie gras macaroon. I'm not gonna do that. Well, stay tuned. Maybe next week. <laughs> I'll have had a foie gras macaroon. Peter's coming after you. Peter's our sponsor. Do they sponsor podcasts? <laughs> Not anymore. Bye. Bye. Good. All is well. Yeah, all is well. It's busy. It's fun. But it's all for a good cause. Exactly. Good the cause of Ten Clover Food Lane. There you go. <laughs> um, do you want to dive right in? Or yeah, want... yeah. Cool. Let's do it. There's no official introduction. But okay. It's it's, uh, it's good to see you again. Good Mary. to see you too. Um, a little bit different than the crazy Sundance experience. I know. Last time I saw you, we yeah. were talking about a, a, a farting dead corpse. Yep. It's a slightly different plot line on this one. <laughs> just, just I mean, a little. to be fair, Ten Cloverfield Lane's really good. It could have used a farting it could, corpse. I know. As all movies could, really. <laughs> it's true. Um, but congratulations on this one. Thank you Honestly, so much. It's a, it's a hell of a piece of work. And um, Cloverfield or not, it could be called yeah. anything. It's a great yeah. movie. Uh, that's that's how I feel about it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It's... Um, <laughs> So has this been an enjoyable experience? Are you finally kind of like getting to talk about it to some mm-hmm. degree? Do you feel yeah. like you're it's, exhaling a little bit? Yeah, it's really rewarding because we all worked really hard on this movie, you know, and it was so secret for so long that part of me was like, are we ever going to be able to right. talk about this movie? <laughs> Is anyone going to know it exists? Um, so now it's just like, it just feels so good to have it coming out and to have people be excited about it. Yeah. It's just, it's the best. So, okay, so indulge me in, in some of the kind of the secrecy questions, because I know you yeah. can ask, uh, ask about this. But there's a real curiosity of course. Uh, about the whole genesis of the project and what, what you knew mm-hmm. or didn't know. Um, so, okay, you sign on to something, or you audition, or that you're offered, yeah. or whatever, and it's not a Cloverfield movie, as far as you know, right. right? Yeah. I mean, for me, I was lucky enough. I think a lot of people didn't even get the script. You know, it was like they got the first half of the script or yeah. something. Luckily, they sent me the actual script, um, which is the movies that you, you saw. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, the script went through some huge overhaul or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But it was very, like... You know, I got the link and it was like nobody around me was allowed to read it. Like my agents couldn't read it. Nobody else could read it. They were just like, you're going to get sent this link from some source somewhere. We don't know where. There might be a guy that just knocks on your door yeah. and just recites And like a black suit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then once you read it, it's going to delete itself and it'll be gone. And then you have to decide if you want to sort of go in and, and talk with JJ and Dan Trachtenberg, the director, about it. Right. Um, so I read it. And, and by very nature, it's just the kind of movie that you know is going to be a secretive thing because if people find out what happens in the movie, it ruins the entire experience. So I think that that was just very clear from the get go. It was like, this is going to be the kind of movie that you're not going to want to talk about with people. And we're going to make sure that that happens in the way that we present, you know, the movie. Um, And the Cloverfield aspect was talked about, you know, I think in that initial meeting and talked about uh, during production, just sort of, and and the peripheral of, of me, you know, it wasn't necessarily directly um, conversations that I was involved in, but 
the name Cloverfield was like around, you know, it was like, oh, this is sort of in the spirit of that. What mm-hmm. they did is what we're trying to do here, okay. trying to do something that's connected in a broader sort of um, tonal world, if that makes sense. Sure. So I think that's that that was something I was aware of, but I, just, I wasn't aware that the title was going to have the connection. Did, did um so uh, Dan, who does an amazing job directing this, is this his first feature? Yeah, which is yeah, crazy. I know it's so crazy. Huge talent, totally. Um, JJ producing it. So like, so did, did you have many discussions with JJ in the early stages, and and what is his like? Does he explain sort of like why he's interested in this or why the mystery is so important mm-hmm. to him? I mean, do you get a sort of a peek into sort of his mindset? I think, you know, I've I've gotten bits and pieces of that as as we've gone on in the process. Like initially, for me, I approached it like any other project where my questions were just about the role sure. and his ideas on that and the story and I didn't even cross my mind in terms of how this was going to be marketed or how it was going to be put out. You know, yeah. it's just not, I don't, I don't tend to think that far ahead. So now, you know, that I'm going through it, I'm like, oh, this is, this is how he works. Yeah. This is totally, it's all the reason everything's happening the way it's happening is because that's the mind of JJ. You know, right. he loves to kind of play with expectations and keep people guessing and not kind of spoon feed the audience. You know, I think he likes to engage them in a bigger way. You know, that's like all the Easter eggs and, and everything. It's, right. it's more than just watching a movie. It's kind of an experience that he's creating. Well, and they um, were, I mean, they were so, such geniuses in the Star Wars marketing campaign. Oh, in, totally. In a way where it became like almost, I mean, the movie was a great payoff to it, but like the six months of trailers and yeah. build up was like almost as rewarding and just so exciting. Because it's just so great. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's he knows a, how to kind of just dole it out in the right genius way. Genius in that way, which I, you know, having not worked with him before, I, I didn't know that that was coming. And now I'm like, wow, so cool to be a part of this world. It's, it's great. So are, are you surprised? by like the, the like the zero to 60 interest in this where like oh, one, yeah. one day literally it's like a list on an IMDB that like Valencia okay that sounds yeah. kind of cool interesting cast maybe right. and then suddenly it's like everyone is obsessed totally. with it totally and even after I knew what the title was going to be I still didn't expect that yeah. at all because um, I just didn't know that people you know had such a vested interest in, in that universe so to me I was like oh that's the title interesting okay I wonder what people are going to think about yeah. that and then it was just like people were like, "What?" <laughs> well, it's kind of the best of all possible worlds. I mean, I you know, not to knock on wood, though, as we you know talk today, it hasn't been released yet. Obviously, we're yeah. hoping that people come and see it. But like, because of this great marketing and because of the curiosity about Cloverfield, it gets people in the theater. Yes. And then you have this great product that will yes. actually deliver exactly on it. So, I mean, as you well know, if throughout your career you have you know the ups and downs when you produce a great product, and for whatever and reason nobody sees it, no one gets absolutely. There. And that's you know, I'm so happy that JJ's giving this film that that kind of platform, you know. And I think that that's really what he's trying to do. He's like trying to create this sort of bad robot world where these smaller genre films can exist, and you right. know they're going to be good. And the Cloverfield name is like the seal of approval that this is going to be a really good genre movie and it's going to come from this kind of space and it's going to have this kind of feel to it. And I think once he does more films in in that way, it'll become more clear in terms of the mastermind, (laughs) the master plan that he that he has going. You almost wonder like if the film had turned out to be not as great in the finished product, if they would have like not bothered with the Cloverfield name. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's it's okay, but it's not up to our standards, so we're not going to give it the Cloverfield. That's what I would hope, you know, because that would be quite a quite a thing to to put on a quite a bit of pressure to put on a film that you don't really believe in you right. know um so yeah i like to think that it's because it's it's just that badass <laughs> so this is i mean uh, what 
I love a film where like you kind of know from like the first minute or two you're like kind of in safe hands. Like you see like real assuredness from the filmmaker, mm. and like certainly that that this one f- feels like that. There's like a really great sense of mystery and a sense of like um, lived in characters that have right. a backstory that you don't need to know everything, yes. but like you literally can't even hear like you, you're on the phone with somebody. What's going on? Yeah, it's just it's just again doled out in just the right way. Um, is it reads in a similar fashion in the script, and how, or how much of that is from Dan's direction? Give me a sense of sort of that. It was a, the vast majority of it is it was definitely on, in the script, yeah. but I think it was also a really collaborative process, especially in terms of the backstory. You don't really know that much about the characters, and the little tidbits that you do find out were things that we kind of found as we were going, which was such a cool way to do it. You know, we wanted it to feel really real, even though the audience might not know exactly what's happening or right. what the characters are thinking. But because we were plotting this whole behind the scenes thing and this backstory for each character, there's so many moments in the film where it's like silent and it's just like us looking at each other and it feels so full of, of history. Yeah. Um, but it's all unspoken, which I think is so cool and so rare for films nowadays. I'm so used to having to say so much exposition about, right. You know, my whole life story. And and, I, and with this character, I got to just bring stuff to her um, that kind of you'd let the audience decide for themselves, like, you know, what her behavior kind of means, you right. know, um, which I think is, is just really cool. Not holding the audience hand too much in that way. And, and the character, I mean, and, and you're, this is not necessarily a new thing for you in that you're playing someone under duress and yes. like, <laughs> like it's a stressful situation from the start. Yes. Um, I mean, I would think physically that that's that's taxing on a mm-hmm. human being if you're like kind of clenched physically or or whether you're literally screaming or you're just like emotionally uh, fraught. Um, I mean, are you at this point where having done some kind of thrillers and horror films, you kind of like know how to protect yourself and not like destroy your body and or brain in some, in, in a, some a kind of way? A little bit, yeah. I, mean? I think when I first started, especially with the emotional stuff, you know, I was one of those people that would like, all day listen to sad music <laughs> and just like, oh, I have to get in the headspace of this person. And now I'm just like, no, no, <laughs> I am not, not doing it. that to yeah. myself. Um, there are other ways to get there. Yeah, there are other ways to get there in a, in a much quicker manner. So I, I tend to go for the, the the shortcuts in that in that way. But it is still exhausting, especially the physical stuff, because in a movie like this, it's not like you're going in doing stunts that you can rehearse and that you can execute in this precise way. It's yeah. just sort of like, okay, you're going to get in this situation and then you're going to have to use your body to, to get out of it. You know, whatever way that means to you, right. go off and do it. So, and that way, because there's so much emotion behind it, you end up like really hurting yourself sometimes because you're just trying to make it feel real. Yeah. So this one was, I think, much more physical than anything I've done before because of that aspect, because it was such um, emotion-based physicality. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a say in because you were in kind of like the same wardrobe for a good portion of yeah it. do you get a, a say in terms of like what you're wearing yeah it was definitely you know a collaborative process yeah. and you know everybody has to sign off on it sure. and it's always a whole thing you know that so many different voices are involved in but mm-hmm. um but dan was like had a real clear idea of what he wanted that to be and we were very much on the same page with that so we kind of just were like sticking to our guns in terms of you know what that sort of wanted it to feel very simple and yeah. striking and, and real, but like an image that would be, you know, memorable. Do you, um, 
So give me a sense. Oh, when did you actually see the finished product? I haven't seen the finished, finished product. I'll be tonight. tonight, Yeah. 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 I've seen like a rough cut, which I loved, but, but it had a lot of stuff that still needed finishing. So, um, yes. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Yes. Dot, dot, (laughs) dot. There's a hint there. Um, what, um, well, tell me is, are you better or worse or the same at sort of watching yourself now having done this for a while or? It, It really depends. It depends on the project. If I am really proud of, of what we did as like a, a team, you know, then yeah. I, I'm excited to watch the movie and I can kind of transcend my own personal stuff and watching myself if I'm excited about the finished product, you yeah. know, but if, if something didn't turn out well as a whole, then I feel like I see the cracks in my performance more, like yeah. everything starts to come out and I just start to feel much more like, oh, this isn't working. And it's, you know, so I, I definitely have those times where I'm like, I watch something once and I watch it like through my eyes, like sort of covered, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, okay, good, good. Got through that. Don't have to watch that again. <laughs> good. Moving on. <laughs> so, I mean, again, in this case, like it must be such a relief when you, you've just done a press junket. I don't know if you've got more cities or a lot more of this to do, but like, yeah. I mean, you must be able to tell. Are you able to tell, like, when you're talking to journalists that actually, like, mean that they like it or I are deluded so. into thinking they like it versus, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I've been able to tell. It's it's tricky because I've definitely done junkets in the past where it feels pretty positive And then you kind of, like, you realize that, wait, none of those people like the movie. <laughs> wait a second. I think you have to do it, like, on a sliding scale because, I mean, for, and I've been in that junket world yeah, a lot myself. Yeah. And, I, and I know kind of, like, the type of people there, too. Right. Um, and, like, I feel like, you know their responses are 50% stronger than their actual responses right. or, or the average human being's response. Yes. So you just have to kind of like... You have to gauge it on that. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I felt like we're like the junket that we had for this were like went really well, but I am just sort of like, okay, all right, went really well, right. but I'm not going to like take that to mean anything because right. you never know. But the the response that I've heard so far has been like pretty overwhelmingly positive. So I'm I'm really excited for people to see it and actually be able to really talk about about it you know and really say what they think in a somewhat detailed way but it's still like even once it comes out i'm like i don't want to talk too much about it for that person out there who hasn't seen it yet so it's going to be a tough tough one even all 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 the way to the end Time for a special message from our friends at Audible. Do you guys love books but find that you never have time to read them? Well, Audible.com has the perfect solution. Get audiobooks and listen to those books that you've been meaning to read while on the go. At the gym, during your commute, Audible.com provides over 180,000 titles from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Their app is free and works on iPhones, iPad, Android, and Windows phone. You can also download and listen on your Kindle Fire and over 500 MP3 players. And unlike a streaming or rental service with Audible, you own your books, so you can access your books anytime and anywhere right from your smartphone. Audible.com also has the Great Listen Guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book you chose, no worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime no questions asked. Everybody knows Audible.com is the industry standard for this kind of thing, guys. You can listen anywhere. Listen to all the best books, magazines, whatever you want, anytime, anywhere. Plus, just for listeners, Audible.com is offering a free 30-day trial membership. Go to audible.com slash happy sad today to start your free trial. Again, show your support for Happy Sad Confused and get a free 30-day trial right now at audible.com slash happy sad. 
Today's episode of Happy Second Fused is sponsored by one of our favorites, Casper Mattresses, obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. And now, guys, you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash happy and using the code happy. Listen, you spend about a third of your life sleeping. Let's make sure you're doing it on a good mattress. Casper brings together two company technologies together for better nights and brighter days, latex foam and memory foam. So they've got just the right sink, just the right bounce, no matter how you sleep. Plus, they've got a risk-free trial and return policy. They'll deliver it straight to you. You can try it for 100 days, and if you're not happy, they'll pick it back up. At the store, maybe you get a minute to try mattresses. With Casper, you actually get to sleep on it. It's $500 for a twin-size mattress and $950 for a king-size mattress. Comparing that to industry averages, that's an outstanding price point, guys. So get $50 towards any mattress purchase today by going to casper.com happy and using the code happy. Terms and conditions apply. Did, did you have uh, any film spoiled for you along the way in childhood or in your... Um, I mean, in childhood, it was like... I remember spoiling the movie Scream for all my friends, but it was because none of them were allowed to watch it. So okay. I literally went scene by scene. <laughs> you reenacted And reenacted the entire movie from beginning to end. So I did that a lot with my friends because I was like one of the only kids who was allowed to see a lot of R-rated movies. Just because your parents were cool about so it? My parents, they... Well, also because we had a lot of stuff taped off of TV. So okay. I ended up seeing things that I thought were R-rated, but now as an adult, I'm like, right. oh, no, all the like right. stuff I wasn't supposed to see was edited out anyway, right. but I was like, I saw that movie, guys. You want to hear all about it? Let me tell you. Um, but we just had so, we were just such a movie family that my parents didn't, you know, they were just like, oh, I was just watching a movie. They just didn't really pay that much attention. So yeah, you so you grew up in a movie family. You were, you, everybody sure. was was into pop culture and movies. Oh, what yeah. was kind of like the, the stuff that you were exposed to early on that made an impact? I mean, early on, it was like the kids' things like Labyrinth, The NeverEnding Story, right. a lot of fantasy things like Legend. You yeah. know, um, it's all like yeah, it's funny. Like Labyrinth has come up a lot. Like all the yeah. like, Dark Crystal. Dark like, Crystal. It's like those like evocative images. Even if the, oh, frankly, yes. some of those films aren't, I would argue, great films. They don't quite hold up. Maybe I think Labyrinth holds up. Okay, I've seen it in a while. Okay, mainly because of the Bowie of it all. I mean, um, yeah. yeah, but but yeah, they were just so like the types of things that the images that you will never, never get out of your head. If you yeah. see them young enough and you see something that sort of, tw it's a little twisted, you yeah. know, like the, the kids movies that were out then. And that's, I think maybe might be why I'm still sort of drawn to the dark mm -hmm. things in, in that world. Cause that's, those are the first films I remember loving. Yeah. So, uh, when was the first time you saw someone on screen and said like, I want to, I want to do that too. Let <laughs> me up there. <laughs> What's this going to sound so dumb, but I have a very specific memory of watching three men and a little lady. Oh, yeah, the old classic sequel. I mean. And there was like a little, you know, seven-year-old girl or something <laughs> who had like hair like me and she looked kind of like me. And I just sort of started like going through all these thoughts in my head where I was just like, why am I not doing that? I could do that. She's acting. That's not real. She's an actor. Tom and Selleck not taking care of me. Yeah. And I just suddenly <laughs> had this like vision of, you know, that this was a job and that a kid could do it because she was doing it. And I just like from that moment on, I was like, oh, this is, this is on. I'm figuring this out. <laughs> and that's when I started asking for an agent and really started. So how like, old were you here? I was like seven or eight. Wow. Yeah. Wait, yeah. How you, you knew what an agent was? No. I knew what an agent. I did. I in kindergarten, I had a friend who did commercials, and so <laughs> you're asking, well, so who? Yeah, you? Who's, yeah. Who's no, I really for? was. <laughs> you got? Yeah, and I went. I when when I was twelve is when I finally started taking meetings with agents.
agents Amazing. and, you know, considering my options. <laughs> were, were there options? Or there were like it? two agents in town. So okay. I did, you know, I, I got to Utah. choose between. This was Utah, yes, yeah. and Salt Lake City. So there was like, you know, these two agencies. I was like, which one are you going to go with? This huge decision. Um, but yeah. the right call? You in retrospect happy? You know what? I think, I think I made the right call. I think it all worked out. <laughs> I think it was called McCarty's. That was, that was the agency. That was the cool place to be. So, what, um, and your and your family was supportive. Was anyone else in your family doing anything remotely in the arts, or was um, it... my sister was a dancer? She still is. She she teaches dance now. And she and I were in dance together growing up, and we were always in ballet and yeah. you know conservatories and things like that. And and for me, acting kind of just it was an extension of that. Um, so it was kind of a natural progression. But yeah. that's the closest. Everybody else is you know does completely different things. So, okay. So when do you get out of um, Salt Lake in LA or New York? When does that um, enter? When I was 14, I started working in LA. Okay. I um, I sent out demo tapes from all the local work that I had done. Mm-hmm. Which um, were what? Commercials? Um, kind of mostly thing, guest starring because a lot, there were some shows that shot in Salt Lake City. Okay. So like Touched by an Angel was nice. my first job. And then there was the spinoff of Touched by an Angel. <laughs> and I did that. And a couple of like, you know, family movies that shot there. And okay. So I was able to get enough footage together to start sending to agencies in L.A. and ended up, you know, having people offering to represent me. And so I think the first year I went out, was I was 14 and I went out for pilot season and ended up getting on a soap opera. And so that sort of made me stay in L.A. for a while. There's no more. There's no more soap opera y name than passions. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> it's like passions. <laughs> That's how uh, you have to say it, I think. But like, you wouldn't think that from that name, it would be a show about like witches and oh, and like and dolls that come to life and like. That actually sounds like my kind of soap opera. Oh, it was insane. <laughs> but from the name, it's like you'd think it was like it's about because they were trying to do like a Dawson's Creek. It's like young people who were like in love, but then there's this whole other weird sci-fi like Amazing. element it was crazy you were destined for genre i think so yeah from the start <laughs> so was uh, you know i've talked to certainly a lot of people have like you know started out in soaps and there's like a good work ethic mm. there's a, there's a lot to pick up on that did you feel like you were like this is amazing or i'm or did you were like i'm slumming it i deserve better than this <laughs> or like i was a little bit i actually got out of my contract like it was kind of like controversial i was like you know i was on it for a year and then i was like i'm You're done like, of soap opera digest exactly like, they were like bolts, yeah exactly <laughs> Um, But yeah, for me, I think it was an incredible training ground. There was like, you know, you learn your lines fast. I just really didn't, for me, you work so fast that nobody cares if you're really doing it well or not. You have to really, I think, be within yourself, like pushing yourself. There's nobody around you that's going to be like, do another take of that. Like, I think it could be better. So I think the people who are really in soaps for the long haul, I really am like, that's the, you know, I don't envy how hard that is because they have to really, you know, if they care about their performance at all, they're, they're their own kind of, you know, director in that, in that sense. That's like Um, the blue collar version of acting. Right. right? No, totally. Yeah. It's like, it's all up to them. So I kind of wanted to do something else. I just felt a little bit stuck in that. Um, So, so yeah, I I liked it at first, but I very quickly was like, okay, okay, I got this. Let's Uh see what else, see what else is out there. And and was there, an immediate was that an immediate good decision you felt like were you like seeing other cool stuff or was it a struggle afterwards um i had uh one of the, the things that got me out was there was a pilot another pilot that they wanted to cast me and so it was like this bit of a like push and pull right. so so i i started doing pilots that didn't get picked up yeah. and that was mainly for a couple of years what i was working on and then eventually i got a show that got picked up and i did a season of that which was another it was called genre wolf thing, lake right? it yeah, was genre yeah. thing it was like you know kind of twilighty before twilight right. 
And, um, and yeah, I kind of worked a lot in that world up until I was like 19 or so when I got like my first movie. And then I finally was like, oh, I can do movies now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was really exciting. And so, yeah, it was kind of, that was the progression. So who, who was like the first like movie star or actor you, you respected to a great degree that you were working with that made it um, Oh gosh. Like, do you remember a moment where like, okay, I'm standing toe to toe yeah. with this person and this is crazy. I, I think it probably would have been Kurt Russell, which was like my first big movie is sky yeah. high. Yeah. I mean, that was like a huge deal because it, I literally was, I was playing his, his nemesis in that movie. Right. <laughs> um, so to be, and I just thought, I also was just like, I don't think I really, I loved him my whole life. I like, for example, overboard was one of the movies of that my family watched. By the like, way, he was on the podcast a couple months ago and it was maybe one of the best hours of my life. Oh, I bet. He's amazing. He's amazing. So not only like to work, you know, somebody that you've grown up watching and you're working with him and he's one of the loveliest people in the world, yeah. but also like so good. Like, even though I was such a fan of his, I don't think I realized how good he was yeah. until I worked with him and funny and just his delivery was so, I remember doing the read through of that movie and just like crying at his delivery because he was so funny. And I was like, I had no idea. Um, as I punched the mic, um, I had no idea that he was like this brilliant. It yeah. was, it was so good. So, um, I mean, in, in looking back, okay, so something like Sky High, there's Final Destination 3, yeah. right? Which is a, a moment. It's an important moment. Yeah, you're yeah, like the for lead sure. Film, yeah. Right? Um, what do you, do you like when you look at your career, do you see like, I mean, this is kind of the kind of thing that like people like me bring up, like, like compartmentalizing transition periods or like I yeah. move from one level to another. Like, do you see it that way? Do you see like, okay, that's stage one and right. then I move into stage two. Like I can see it that way in retrospect yeah, now, but at the time, but at, the time like, at the time I, I kind of took it for granted. I was just like, Hey, I'm in a movie. Cool. Like I just really, <laughs> now I look back and I'm like, well, you were starring in a movie. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you really realized what was happening. Um, so yeah, now I can see kind of how things progressed in a certain way. But at the time I really was just, just trying to act. And yeah. I, I wasn't really thinking about what kind of thing I wanted to do or what the next step was or how I needed to, you know, sort of take advantage of the moment or, you know, right. whatever, all the things that you, you think about when you get older. And I was just I'm, kind of living day by day. I mean, at this stage in your career, do you feel like you're happy with in terms of like, I should like, do you feel like I should be calculated about my career? Do you feel like it should just be a gut thing? Like, do you see whether it's yourself or, or, or other peers, like that it makes sense to kind of like mm. have a game plan or is that just fruitless and just like throw it out the window? I, I really don't it? know. I've never, I'm, I'm not really good at having game plans. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm, I, some days I feel like I should be and I think, okay, maybe I need to be a little more calculating and I need to, to do all this sort of, okay, you need to do this cause it's the next step in your career. Right. Um, and there are times when I try to do that, but it's always trumped by, the kind of roles I want to play. Yeah. Um, and so that ends up being the thing that gets in the way of that a lot of times, because a lot of times the, the next level career step is a role that I don't want to play. Right. Um, so that's the thing that's always sort of like thrown me off that. <laughs> that I, I, I think, I mean, I, I, I know you worked with her and like, I feel like you guys have ha kind of had parallel careers, but what Brie Larson yeah, has been able to achieve, absolutely. like, and frankly, I think like, you know, in a different world where smashed, which got a lot of acclaim, like right. smashed is a room, like smashed could have like, Oh, been thank that you. Free, you know what yeah. I mean? And it was to a degree for right. you, but like that must be heartening. I would think to see a peer, Oh, absolutely. Like, go through a very similar kind of career that you've yeah. had, I think. And just like, sometimes it all clicks and yeah. it's a great movie. Everybody sees it. It's your time, whatever yeah. that means. And then, 
Well, that's the thing is I think for me, I've always kind of, well, not always, but in the past few years, I've realized that if you're a certain level, if you're talented, you know, it's, it's, it all comes down to just being in the right thing at the right time in the right moment. And with somebody like Brie, she's been that good for years, you know what I mean? And and she's got everybody being like this new actress coming out of nowhere, but like, she's been brilliant in everything she's ever done. So it's like something she did five years ago could have been her breakout thing, exactly. but it turns out that it's this movie and it's, it's so great to, to watch her kind of get her due because yeah. you know, she's, she deserves it. Do you feel you got your due on monster Island? <laughs> you know what? I do feel like it's a really underseen performance of mine and I'm really glad you brought it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, if I'm going to be nice to you for 40 minutes, at least three minutes has to if be you spent talking I, about Monster Island. I just Island. like glossed over that that period of my of my I career. Did, I wasn't aware that this was a, a part of the filmmaking record of history, <laughs> but this was a film. I, I think it was an MTV mm-hmm. film. Um, it was an MTV Carmen film. Electra. Yes, Adam uh, West. Adam the Great. I mean, the legend yeah. Adam West. Nick Carter. <laughs> it was kind of. Um, I mean, I have big names. I haven't seen the full film, so I, I, I oh, might be. Come I'm, on. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, but it looks almost like one of these kind of like, it looks like it was like five or 10 years ahead of its time. It kind of was. I mean, I think it was one of those things where it, it had it been pushed a little bit more into campiness, right. it might have worked perfectly, but it was sort of teetering on that edge, you know? Right. Um, but we were all like, what are we doing? What's happening? And of course, like, I am always like, okay, I'll just play everything really straight. Right. And that's one of those movies you look back and you're like, why are you playing this so straight? Like, this is really Probably happening. best to gloss over it and move on to something great, like Death Proof. Yeah. Which, I mean... Um, I feel like every act I've had, I've had in the last couple of months, I had, I had Kurt on, I had Jennifer Jason Lee and Quentin on all talking about uh, Hateful Eight. And like every actor that works with him, it's like, it's, it's inevitably a career highlight. It's oh, just yeah. one of those things. Yeah. Um, was it, was it what you would imagine it would be? Give me a sense of sort of what the Tarantino experience is. Cause it seems like it's a unique one for every actor. Completely. I think it was so much more fun than I ever imagined. I think when you are someone you kind of grow up hearing about Quentin Tarantino and the films that he's done. He's iconic and like you would just, you know, do anything to work with him. But you also imagine that they must be some sort of like crazy, maniacal, right. you know, there's got to be some dark side or something that would be like difficult to yeah. work with. And with him, it was just like Insane the most right? yeah. fun. Yeah. And I was like, I couldn't believe I was just in that environment. I was like, I can't believe that I'm like allowed to just hang out here and yeah. be a part of this and have him like, and he loves actors so much that he just butters you up to like such a degree that you just feel like you're walking on air. It's just like, he's just like, you're the best. You're so good. You're the best actor. <laughs> he, and you're he's probably just, seen Monster Island. Uh, he probably has. That's like, that's the thing. When I, I auditioned for him. in some way, found something to yeah. actually enjoy about it. When I auditioned for him, he like went through my resume, which at that point was mostly stuff like that, you know? Right. And he was just like, you were so good in this and so good in that. And your episode of True Calling was brilliant. It's like, what? How do you see this stuff? Like, it's incredible. And it's funny because I was watching some interviews with you talking about the experience and even on the edition, and it actually sounded very similar to stuff that Jennifer Jason Lee was saying mm. in that, like, he, he'll, like, read right with you. Yes. He's, like, in it. Like, yeah. he's, like, I mean, he's an actor, too, and right. he, like, really enjoys it. it. It must just be very surreal where, like, he's sitting six inches from your face just, like, in the scene with you. Totally surreal, but so much fun. I mean, like... My audition was just, you know, he was playing all the roles and he would literally change <laughs> accents and, you know, mannerisms and he would jump from place to place. We're like, now I'm this person. Now I'm this person. <laughs> and it's just like, it's so much to react to. It's like, it, it's just so much fun to, to play off that. 
This episode is brought to you by goodtherapy.org, the most trusted online resource for finding a therapist. Meeting with a therapist or counselor can help people to live happy, fulfilling lives. Whether you're facing mental health challenges such as depression, anxiety, or grief, or trying to cope with everyday stressors like family conflict, therapy can be a tool for healing, self-exploration, and growth. Therapy offers a non-judgmental environment in which you can feel connected, supported, and understood. Since 2007, Good therapy.org has helped millions of people find qualified counselors and therapists. There is hope. There are people who care. Change is possible. Find the right therapist at www.goodtherapy.org. Tell me this, though. I think I think you said the odd request in terms of like what you were supposed to wear to the yeah. audition. What was this? Uh, we were all supposed to wear flip-flops. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, there was that. This is playing into like a very well trodden stereotype. About I know, Mr. I know. <laughs> I think he probably was like, didn't know which character was gonna get the foot shot. You know, there were a couple, couple feet shots. Do you feel in the self-conscious, movie. like knowing know. who he is and I, knowing what he. And also, I didn't get to have the foot shot, so oh, I was like, no. were my feet not enough? <laughs> was it not? I mean, come it's on. Very particular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in retrospect, well, it's, it's two, two quote-unquote big movies I, I do want to talk about. I mean, Scott Pilgrim, for instance. That Well, before we do Scott Pilgrim, let's do Die Hard, which I think came first, yes, right? Yes, yeah, it did. So, is something like that, you know, is that, is, is that a case where it's like, it's the right career thing to do? Or it's also, did it, I mean, frankly, in retrospect, was it like also something that felt like something that you wanted to do? Oh, I wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I got the whole script when I auditioned, so I don't think I had a full picture of what it was going to be. And I was cast just based off of my like pre-read tape. Like I didn't oh, meet wow. anyone. I just went and auditioned and, and did the role. But I remember once I got the part, I like immersed myself in the Die Hard. Where I was just like watching Die Hards all the time. I just really wanted to take on his, you know, I wanted to really seem like I was his daughter, That's you know, awesome. yeah. and I loved it. I, I, you know, cause I had seen those movies growing up and, yeah. but once I got into it and was really like, you know, thinking of myself as part of the franchise, yeah. like I was so proud. Like, I just thought it was the coolest thing. Are you, uh, is there any talk of you being in this next? Like, no. Yeah. And no. And I don't really know. I know. I, I guess it's kind of a reboot, right? So it won't be. Well, it sounds like it's going to be half and half. To, like, oh, that, that, okay. I think you're going to see him in present day, but there's going to be. Oh, there is going to be present day stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I have not. I have not heard anything. So Scott Pilgrim, which um, I think that's probably the first time I, I interviewed you was at Comic-Con, yeah. which was this infamous Comic-Con, right. right? It was like you guys like. It felt like a moment. Rock yeah. stars <laughs> of Comic-Con. So, I mean, and I love that movie and a lot of people love that movie. Um Give me the high and give me the low of that yeah. process. Because I mean, they, they, it seems like there were big highs and some lows, too. Comic-Con was probably... That was such a high. I have never experienced anything like that before. It did. It felt like we were rock stars and people were so freaking out over the movie. And, you know, we premiered it there and then Metric came on stage right after and performed right. a concert and nobody knew that was going to happen and the crowd went crazy. And it was just such a, like, energy that I think we were all, like, kind of talking... The cast, we were talking to each other, especially those of us who hadn't really been that much in the public eye before and just being like, you guys, <laughs> our lives are about to change. Let's you all know. remember this moment forever. Let's, yeah, we're exactly. Let's not, don't change, guys. Stay the same. Um, yeah. And uh, and then like, you know, the next day or a couple days later, it came out and, and the numbers were really, really low. And I remember mm. kind of them like hearing at the premiere, there were like whisperings that were like, it's not looking that it's not really looking good. And just I just remember just being kind of thrown like, wait, after that, like yeah. after that crazy experience, <laughs> like people aren't going to come to see the movie. Yeah. 
Surprisingly, I didn't. I wasn't that upset. Um, I don't remember feeling really that terrible about it. I think we all loved the movie so much that that was really the reward. Yeah. You know, it was such a cool movie, and everybody who saw it loved it. And I just don't think it was also pre-social media. You know, it was like right before right. that, so there wasn't. I think maybe if it happened now, I'd be a lot more devastated <laughs> because there'd be so much many more like think pieces and talk, right, and it would right. just be such such a bigger conversation. Yeah. And then it was just kind of like, oh, well, that sucks. Moving on. <laughs> it just wasn't a th- that much of a thing. Um, it's, it's funny. I've, re- I've read this a, a few different times in, in reading about you. People have like described you in, in your career sometimes as being the best thing in not great films. <laughs> I've heard that, which is a, it's, it's a very nice well, I was gonna sort ask, of backhanded compliment. How do you take that? Like, yeah, I mean, you I know. Mean, I guess I don't. I don't know. You know, I, I certainly I, I think it's great that if people think I'm I'm good at anything. I would much rather them actually like the projects as a whole. Right. You know, it's a team effort. It's um, the it's ideas a team make a good film. And you know, a lot of times I, I disagree because I really love a lot of those those yeah. films that people are referencing. So it's you know it's a personal taste thing. But hey, totally. if you like me. Thanks. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, a reference smashed, and I, you know, that's that's one for anyone that's seen that they they know what a special film that is. It is, yeah. Um, but it's uh, remarkable. It's like another one that's like shot in 19 days. Yeah. It's just like the, the I, I'm o- it always boggles my mind, like the inverse proportion of like something that could be so beautiful and so profound that is like a relatively small snippet of your life. I totally. I know. It's kind of crazy because that was had such a huge impact on my life doing did that it? movie. Absolutely. So the Sundance experience, I think I talked to you at Sundance yeah. for that, I remember. Did it feel like that put you in kind of like a different... I mean, just different offers, different perceptions of you. Definitely. Of you yeah. I mean, before that, I, I don't remember... I mean, people that worked with me, you know, made me feel like they thought I was a good actor. But any outside of that, I never thought that people considered me to be like a truly good actor. Yeah. You know, I was just sort of I was somebody that was in movies. But right. um, and so just to, to to hear people say that was like, oh, my God, thank, oh, my God, that's just was a crazy feeling. But ultimately, it was the experience of doing the movie that was the most kind of life changing and yeah. just the the what I took from that experience and what I've continued to kind of take with me from it has been like super, super profound. So is there kind of like an ideal or idealized kind of filmmaking experience that you're trying to recapture or chase? Is it that, is it what those 19 days were on smash or like what, give me some of like the ingredients that go into like what would be like the experience you want in the movie? I think I was for a little bit after that movie, I was really trying to recreate that experience and chase it a little bit because it was just so like, this is what I want to do. This was so, it just, everything came together so perfectly. And now I think I've settled into, okay, there's things from that I can take with me that as an actor um, really kind of inform everything I do from now on, but I can't like try and force every experience to, to be that it's its own thing. But that was just such a collab. It was the most collaborative thing I've ever done. You know, the, James Ponsolt, the director, and I worked so closely together the entire time, Um, which up until that point, I had never really had. I'd worked with amazing filmmakers and had incredible experiences, but it was very much like an actor separation kind of thing, you know, and this was like we were a team. Um, And that was just such a special thing to, to get to do. And I feel like since then... I don't think I've, hopefully I haven't forced myself upon directors, but I do think I've had more of those kind of ex- collaborative experiences. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe it's just something about, I kind of know going into it if I'm, if, if somebody's open to that and I'm excited about that. And so I kind right. of go towards those experiences a little bit more. Um, I mean, switching gears in a kind of a different way, or maybe it kind of like dovetails with what we're talking about. By my count, you've, you, I mean, and this is just like public knowledge. I think you've been up for like 
five or six different superhero films. <laughs> <laughs> a few. A few of them, I think, are wrong. Okay. Okay, but, fair enough. But yeah, a few. Yeah. Is there is there a difference in those kind of, like, meetings and auditions? Do you feel silly when you have to, like, pretend in that kind of context? Right. Um, I think it kind of, it changes over time. I think... Um, I used to feel sillier, you know, I think now I'm going to get into the point where it's like, yeah, okay, I'm an actor. And if I have, if it's this, then that's what it is. Yeah. And it's my job to make that real and make it work. Um, or if it's this really real scenario, like something in smash, then it's my job to make yeah. that real and make it work. So I think I'm, I'm getting to the place now where I'm trying to make it all feel the same, you know, right. at least from my perspective and not, not sort of judge it from the outside. Well, that, that, you know? That's an ingredient. That's a, that's how you're going to. The audition's not going to go well if you're second guessing yourself. No, when you exactly. Walk in the room exactly. And thinking, like, this is and there's stupid. no point if you're going <laughs> to do something. You might as well embrace it and figure right. out how to like make it feel really exciting and cool for you. You yeah. know, I mean, the, the the whole superhero thing, the whole like the way it's dominated the industry, and I know it comes up probably, frankly, in most interviews I have with actors now because it's such a huge segment of the of like, oh, just what absolutely. captures the imagination. Yeah. Do you feel like it's like something like just out of obligation or just being a participant in this industry like yeah i, I kind of need to do something right. in there at some point or else like yeah I mean, I guess you can you can obviously survive without it there yeah i have but um i think it's you know i i think they're just such a huge part of the industry right now that it's sort of if you want to be working it's kind of hard right. hard to avoid but for me i think you know I, I want to do things that make sense for, for me as an actor and as a person. And so I would love to work in that universe if it was the right thing yeah. and if it made sense. I just don't really like the idea of, like, shoehorning myself into something because it's the popular thing, sure. you know. Um, but they're obviously doing incredible films and writing incredible characters. And so, you know, I think I'd be lucky to to be in that world. But it's like... You know, it just has to be the something right time, that, right yeah, time. and I'm not always right for everything. And that's another thing that you learn as you get older. It's like when, when I first started, I was like, I can play anything. <laughs> How dare they say I'm not right for this part? Right. And now I'm like, oh, no, I, I'm i not right for everything. And I don't want to play things that I'm not right for. Is, is there a kind of role that you that doesn't even come across your desk at this point that bothers you? That, like, like I wish they'd at least put me in consideration um, for something like that. Right. Um, I mean, I know um, music's a big part of your life. Yeah, too. yeah, I mean, you have definitely. Full on musical, right? Right. No, I'd love to do a musical. Yeah, I guess stuff like that. I mean, for the most part, it's the way that it is now. Is it's just only certain people get most scripts. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and it's literally like five 10, people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's been my entire career. That's been the struggle is just like, okay, you know, can, can we just like open it up slightly, <laughs> um, you know, in terms of like the really good scripts. Yeah. So it's trying to find really good scripts that, that are, you know, being done in, in a different way, you right. know, than, than every film is, is, is being done in the kind of system. And, and you've, you've produced along with your husband who directed you in Falls. Yeah. Is that something too, that like both, as a creative expression and also just as a, a slightly calculated way, like it, it's smart to kind of like develop and work on and try and create your own material. Totally. Point. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was a, a writer and, and maybe one day I'll be brave enough to, to try and do that. Mm -hmm. At this point, I just feel way too intimidated by that process. But if I can find material that I like and, and try to help it see the light of day by producing it and, and helping get the funding and doing whatever I can, yeah. then I, I would, I would love to do that. Cause it is kind of like, we're in this space now where everybody's just, it's, it's this kind of no man's land where it's yeah. just like 
get it made however you can, you exactly. know, and pull together whatever resources you can just to, 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 to make stuff that you like. Um, cause otherwise it's, we're all going to just see the same thing every, every day. Well, and you're somebody that hasn't shied away from doing, you know, some TV series when it's a, a better opportunity right. there, et cetera. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and luckily we're in a time where it's like, there's not really a, a compartmentalization. It's just sort of like people will watch it. They don't care what. Oh, totally. Is. Well, now it's like, you know, pretty much everybody's watching movies and TV and stuff on the same, you know, at home. Yeah. So it, it is all kind of the same thing. So yeah, I've kind of taken now I'm, I'm certainly in that approach where it's like, if it's a good role, it's a good project and good people, yeah. it doesn't matter where it comes from. That's, that's kind of the, the most important thing. Do you, do you like and appreciate kind of like your level of fame? Because I would think like you probably get recognized, but it's not probably right. like overwhelming where they're like it, like impacting your life in a negative way, I would yeah. think, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I'm kind of in the most ideal place in terms of that stuff. And I, I do really like that. I think the... The worry in that is like, do you, how do you maintain that? Like yeah. you kind of are like, oh, well, can you stay at that level or do you have to go up or down, you know? Right. Um, so that's the one thing that does cross my mind sometimes is like, you know, um, I don't know if, if I can always be in this perfect zone of, <laughs> of working and also being anonymous, you know, but it is a great place to be. Um, in our remaining time, I've got this weird sketchy Indiana Jones fedora filled with like really weird questions. Not weird. Some are okay. Um, would you mind uh, pulling a couple out? Sure. See oh boy. what's in your innermost weird thoughts. Oh my gosh, oh we're going to get deep. I can feel it. Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Um, Harry Potter. Okay. I'm not like a huge like Harry Potter, you know, I didn't like read the books or anything, but I, I really like the movies. Okay. I love Daniel Radcliffe. I mean. If he's a farting corpse or not. <laughs> um... So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Harry Potter on that one. We should reference that Swiss Army Man. Uh, do we know when it's coming out? By the way, I I don't think it's been announced, so I'm not okay, gonna okay, say. Okay. But it's coming out. A24 bought it, which Great is studio, so cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that. It's it's yeah. They're so Paul Dano and, and Daniel Radcliffe are so so freaking good in it. It's yeah, it was uh, it was quite a premiere to be with that audience and just to, right. like, ride it with them and like. <laughs> Yeah, there are moments in that film that are transcendently awesome and oh, insane. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, it's what's so great about it is like it's just taking the all the gross things about humanity and just making it beautiful. Yeah, it's like it's shot it's beautifully. It's, yeah, the music, everything. Uh, one or two more, maybe. Oh, sure. Okay, let me get down here. Let's see. Were you ever grounded, and for what? Um, my family didn't really do grounding okay. so much. You would just. You would just get that whole, like, get yelled at and be told that they're disappointed in you, which is kind of worse than anything. The worst thing I can remember is actually when my friend's mom got really mad at me. And I did this horrible thing. I was like, I think I was like 13. And I was staying with them for the weekend. Um, and they, like, went to church or something. And I wanted to, like, meet up with a boy and so I said I was sick and that I couldn't go with them to church. Right. And then something, and I went off and like met up with this boy and whatever. And then um, something happened. They came home early for some reason and I wasn't there. And her mom was like terrified that like I had been kidnapped right. or something. <laughs> and so my friend had to tell her because I my friend, like cause I told her what I was really doing. And so it all like the call came out. Like she yeah. went just with this boy. And, and I remember I actually cried. Like I came back to the house and she was crying because she was so worried about me and she was like so disappointed. And I was just like, oh. I, I, I was like, 
so the guilt oh my god the guilt i was just mortified (laughs) and so yeah like i was like i am not doing that again and you haven't done one bad thing in your life never again that was it that was the last one last thing good girl girl, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how about one more for the road finish strong favorite book oh oh my gosh that is really Was Monster tough. Island based on a book? You know what? I think it was. <laughs> I think it was a Nobel Prize winner. Um, um, oh, my God. I definitely, I go back to, like, childhood things like The Secret Garden and Alice in Wonderland and things that, like, really affected me when I was really young. And those are the ones that I get, like, the special editions of nice. and I have all over my house. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say something like War and Peace or, or whatever because <laughs> that's not true. Um, it'd be more of those kind of childhood favorites. That works. It's total, that totally works. Um, it's always a great pleasure to see you. I, I always enjoy seeing, I mean, you're always great in, in everything whether uh it hits with an audience or not and this one will because uh it works just in like as a as, as a great piece of filmmaking I, as i said i'm really impressed with all the performances but also dan trackenberg is a yeah, definitely director to watch one to watch for sure um 10 cloverfield lane as if i have to tell everybody is <laughs> coming out in a couple days check it out uh mary, mary elizabeth winstead it's good to see you good to see you too Thanks, thank you so much <laughs> Once again, thanks to goodtherapy.org for sponsoring today's episode of Happy, Sad, Confused. Goodtherapy.org is the most trusted online resource for finding a therapist. Meeting with a therapist or counselor can help people to live happy, fulfilling lives. Since 2007, goodtherapy.org has helped millions of people find qualified counselors and therapists. There is hope, guys. There are people who care. Change is possible. Find the right therapist at www.goodtherapy.org. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.